Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All Steak, No Sizzle, an honest, no BS look at life, sports, and entertainment. I am your host, Devin McKenzie, and I have a very special guest in the studio apartment. <laughs> My girlfriend is Marky Perkins. Say hi to the people, Marky. Hi, people. I tell him what you just did. I asked him for his Wi-Fi, and he started recording because he's a jackrabbit fool. And that's not what you hit me. Yeah, you deserve to get hit for not giving up that Wi-Fi password. So y'all hear that? She abuses me, people. I sure do. And I got you. I got you on a podcast admitting it. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not denying it. God damn. Anyway, let me go ahead and keep moving before she starts hitting me again, people. <laughs> All right, this week, I'm going to continue the series of shows that I've been doing, wrapping up the year 2016. Let me just say Happy New Year's to everybody. This is now 2017, but we're going to go ahead and, and continue the series wrapping up 2016. On this episode, I've got my man, Kale Dansby, from the Corner Podcast and Black Sports Online. Uh, me and him had a, a very good conversation Breaking down the top five albums and the top five upsets of 2016. Uh, For those of you that listened to previous episodes, I've talked about Kale in the Corner and how um, Kale and Andreas, who are the hosts of the Corner podcast, the two of them allowed me to be on their show about a year ago this time. And how the two of them allowing me on their show was a huge inspiration for me to start my podcast. So it was an honor for me to have Kale on my show and chop it up. But before we jump into that, how are you doing, madam? Pretty good. It's cold. It's not cold. It's freezing. It's not really tropical here. It's like 30 degrees. It's freezing in here. <laughs> it's fr- it's freezing in here. It's freezing in here. Can I ask you a question? What? God, God damn. What the, damn. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? What? Why are all women naturally cold? I don't think I've ever met a woman that's just like, man, it's hot in here. It's always, it's freezing in here. I just said it was hot in here. I said it was toasty in here like not even an hour ago. So. You did? Yes, but that shows how much you pay attention to what I say. So if you want to comment on the show, <laughs> make sure you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, uh, before we jump into my conversation with my boy, Kel, um, how was your 2016? Um, Pretty good. It was mediocre, you know. I met someone. He was pretty mediocre. I know. <laughs> if it's the guy I'm thinking about, <laughs> mediocre is being nice. Man. Dude's an ass. He's like way oh. below the level of competency. Exactly. So, you know, my, my He can't speak good. I know. He's always mispronouncing words. Interrupts you when you talk, doesn't listen to you. Who interrupts you when they talk? That means What are you talking about? <laughs> I know you're That's right. rude. Stop. Who does that? Exactly. Who I know. does that? Just won't let you talk and nothing like that. Man, that's fucked up. He just likes the sound of his own voice. I know. That's why he started a podcast. Mm -hmm. All steak, no sizzle. Right. Listen to that. (laughs) But no, go ahead. Um, No, it 
in all honesty, it was fine. It was just a a flyby year. So I met some good people, got rid of some people, and that's that. Okay. So uh, you got your uh, New Year's resolution, your new New Year, new me all set up. You ready? No. My New Year's resolution is to read more books. By more. Like, how many books did you read last year? Um, You know, that's an embarrassing amount. I think I only read, like, eight books last year. But the year before that, I read 167. So, yeah. Uh, so, could you do, like, a top... Yeah, you got eight books. You could do your top five books of 2016 if you wanted to, right? I could, but they're all the same. And they're all macabre, horror, torture stories. Yeah. So, uh, with me... I'm not even sure if I can do a top five books that I've read all time. <laughs> that is so sad. Uh, number five would be The Cat in the Hat. That, was, that was a classic. That's classic right there. That's just great writing. Um, good plot points. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, great, great character development. Not very gripping. It. I, I disagree. I disagree highly. Yes. Mm. The Cat. I thought it was a very gripping character. How he was, you know. Right annoying as shit and bothering those children and yeah. how the children dealt with the, the issue of this annoying ass cat in their house I feel like it's a very gripping story uh, Green Eggs and Ham that was, okay. that was another great book that I read in my mm -hmm. lifetime yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah see one thing and, and great thing about that book is is that <clears throat> even now it, it, it makes you ask this question to yourself Green Eggs and Ham so does that mean the eggs were just green? It was regular ham? Or was it green eggs and green ham? I think it was green eggs and regular ham. Or was it green eggs and green ham, though? No. Because I think in the book, the ham was green, too. I haven't read that book in forever, so I'm not too sure. Well, see, make sure you ask more questions. You got to go back and read that book. It's very grippy. <laughs> I don't think green ham is gripping. Green ham sounds tainted, like you should not eat it. Oh, green eggs does sound like healthy? Well, green eggs, you can put food coloring in. You can put green food coloring on ham, too? Oh, you can? You can put food coloring on anything. And have the ham turn green. Oh, the ham was green. What? Yeah. Ah, see? Answer that question. Uh, Let's see, what else? Uh, what was another great book that I read in my life? Uh, Everybody Poops. That was that was a great one. <laughs> that is uh, a good book. I have read that book. Did you know that everybody poops? Yeah. And that your poop tells you different things about yourself. Like, hey, I need to go get checked out. So, if you had a Hershey's Quirks, what does that say? That is disgusting. <laughs> Let's move on to your, your fourth book. <laughs> Uh, my fourth book would be, uh, actually is honestly, this is a real book, a serious book is called Root for the Villain. This is a book by my man, uh, Jay Zone, one of my favorite underground rappers. And it's basically, you know, talking about his growing up and how hip hop played a big part of it. And, um, his journey as an independent rapper, basically performing in front of like shows and, Europe, you know, in front of like thousands of people and then coming home and performing in like Nashville in front of like eight people. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I thought it was a great book. 
I mean, not just because he's one of my favorite rappers, but it 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 kind of tells you the story of you know everybody knows about Jay Z and Nas and you know all the big names, but it kind of tells you the story of those guys that you know make great music but don't really have the fan base behind it. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great book. And number one, what's my number one book? <clears throat> my man Dave Ramsey's book. Um, I can't think of the name of. It. Oh, the Total Money Makeover. Mm. I think everybody in America should read that book. I'm currently going through the steps in, in the book now of uh, making my, my finances better. I've taken a few steps back, but, you know, I'm still, I still got the baseline things, you know, intact. So, my man Dave Ramsey is the greatest book I've ever read. Yeah. Yeah. That's top five books I've ever read in my life. My top five book series is Harry Potter. I'll make sure I edit that part out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know what? Real quick, let me let me go ahead and get your opinion on this one. I got a little bit of time to kill because my conversation with Kel was wasn't that long. Um, I was supposed to have some people on the show, but I don't think it's going to work out. I wanted to go through the top five movies of 2016. So, if you had to name your top five movies of 2016, what would you say they are? I know it's on the spot, Jones, but, you know. Movies that I saw last year? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I really liked Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, I saw Rogue One. That was good. Oh, you did see it? Yeah, I saw okay. it. Okay, cool. Um, I would probably put Rogue One above Doctor Strange. Um, no, Moonlight is my absolute favorite movie of last year. Okay. So, Moonlight... Uh, Rogue One, Doctor Strange. Um, <coughs> just off the movies that I saw, I'm just going to have to say Suicide Squad because I think I only saw four movies last year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you didn't, you were, didn't see Zootopia? Oh, I did see Zootopia. Yeah. But that didn't come out last year. Yeah, it did. Did it? It came out like early last year. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So that, those are like the five movies I saw last year. No, like Netflix movies or anything like that? Or? Oh, we're going off of that, too. I mean, just just movies that came out last year? You can go, like, TV, is, TV movies? The documentary 13th. I've watched that a million times. I think that's really good. So I would probably put that um, right after Moonlight. I just think the story in Moonlight, the everything about the movie was great. I really want to <coughs> read that book. Um, so Moonlight 13th, Doctor Strange, Zootopia... Those are my top five of last year. That's your top five? Yeah. All right. That's a good list. That's a good list. A couple of those are on my list, too. Um, let me find my list real quick. <laughs> that and I watch a lot of uh, B and C rated movies on Netflix so I can <laughs> get a good laugh out of it. How about that Ginger Dead, man? That shit was great. Devin's favorite movie. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen that series, please watch it. <laughs> that and the Jimi Hendrix story, because he can't get enough of that. Yeah, I, I haven't made it past like the first five minutes of that movie. All right, my number five movie of 2016 was Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I've watched all the Star Wars movies, and I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like I'm like the biggest Star Wars fan, but of all the Star Wars movies I've watched, to me, this is my favorite one. Even though it's like a... 
like a minor, I, I guess you would say a minor story in the the you know Star Wars uh, series. It's basically you know whenever the, the very first movie came out, the scroll you know that goes up in the screen. It's basically just that story in movie form. Right. So. Plus, I thought that this one was easier to follow along with if you had never seen Star Wars or if you're not a big fan and haven't seen all of them. Right. I thought that this was a, a good synopsis of this, the franchise. And I, if you want to go through and watch all the Star Wars movies, you know, to follow it, you know, how, it's, how um, it really should be. I would say watch this before you watch the original Star Wars movie because, like I said, it explains a lot of what happened in that movie. Like, I remember watching the original Star Wars and I'm like, why the hell would y'all make this big-ass death machine like this stupid-ass flaw? But it basically explains it. So, um, yeah, that's my number five movie of 2016. Uh, Number four is one that you mentioned, Doctor Strange. Um I was looking forward to this movie because I'm a big Marvel guy, but I, I didn't know a lot about Doctor Strange, and I knew a little bit. And this this movie, I think, helped explain his origin story, and and it also, <clears throat> excuse me, it also furthered the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe story along by introducing another um, Infinity Stone, and um, you can see how it's going to further the plots of like future Marvel films too. Plus, yeah. Introduced to Doctor Strange when I was doing research for Doctor Who. And Doctor Strange came up. Doctor Strange, Doctor Zhivago, Doctor Who. So I just familiarized myself with all of them. Doctor Strange was in the Doctor Who universe? No. Or it just happened to pop up? They just happened to pop up. And then when you look at, when you go into Barnes & Noble and you look at where the DVDs are, they're all linked together all the time. Oh, okay. Alphabetical Order Jones. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. My, my number three movie of 2016 was Moonlight. That, that was your favorite movie of the year. Yeah. I, I, uh, before the movie came out, I was listening to, <laughs> a lot of people might be surprised to hear this, I was listening to NPR. And uh, the two gentlemen, the guy that wrote the book and the guy that did the screenplay for the movie were on there, you know, basically talking about the movie and you know, I saw like the they did a great uh, advertising campaign for it, especially on like Facebook, and I just kept seeing it. So I'm like, man, I, think I might want to possibly see this, but I don't know what it's about. But listening to that interview on uh, NPR, I'm like, man, I have to check this movie out. I thought from the beginning, yeah, it was a great story, uh, great characters. My man, um, I can't ever say his name. Ali, the guy that played Cottonmouth and, and everything. Uh, it, it, yeah, honestly, I thought this was like his year, like his breakout year. He yeah. was a little bit of everything, but his overnight success exactly from fifteen years ago. <laughs> you know they say it takes ten years to be an overnight success, mm-hmm. but uh, like I said from the beginning to end, great acting. Janelle Monae surprised me. I didn't. She did a really good job in this movie. Like, I just always thought of her as you know, a singer, but I never really thought like actress or anything like that. So now I'm looking forward to seeing um, Hidden Figures with her in it. But um, I think when it comes to actors and <clears throat> singers and rappers turn actors and actresses, I feel like you have to look at their artistry as a whole in order for them to be good. Like when I think of Beyonce, I never put her in the category of being a good actress. actress. Not at all. Not at all. Like when you listen to her speak outside of her music, 
It's kind of annoying. I know I'm probably going to get some backlash. For yes, that, you are. But for those of you out there listening, <laughs> the words of Marky Perkins are those of Marky Perkins and not necessarily the views of Devin McKenzie, All State No Sales, and Pimp Daddy Mac Enterprise. Okay. You make it. Take. So, <laughs> anyway, I love B, but as far as. Don't try to clean it up now. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. I love her music. I love listening to her speak now as opposed to way back when because I couldn't stand it. But watching her in movies, I'm glad she hasn't been in one in a while because her <laughs> acting is like nails to a chalkboard. It's just terrible for me. I agree. But, you know, when you look back at the people that turn good, Beyonce and Mary J. Blige, I would put in the same category when it comes to their acting. It sucks. I'm trying to think. What was a movie that Mary J. Blige was in? Mary, she's been in a lot of black films. But she, the most popular one was uh, I Can Do Better By Myself with Taraji. That Tyler Perry movie. Taraji and what's his name from oh, CSI Miami? Yeah. Eric. Yeah. You lost me in Tyler Perry movie. Oh, well. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, like when you look back at different actors that were rappers or, or musicians, you look at Ice Cube. He was good from the from the beginning. But you look at his career as a whole, he was the whole creative making behind his group. Even if we didn't know it from the start. When you look at his creativity from what he does in front of the camera, over the air, or just in life in general, you know that he will devote a certain type of um, gratitude towards his artistry, and that is spoken across his movies as well. But when you look at uh, even Ice-T, like he was good from the very beginning, even though I can't stand Ice-T, but uh, then you look at Snoop Dogg, he's a terrible actor. You yeah. look at Jay-Z, terrible, 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 <laughs> awful. That's why, you know, he did what that about, one movie. What and, about Cameron? Uh, really good. Really? I, yeah. I thought, um, <clears throat> what was that? Um, what's the name of that movie? Talk Killer Season? No. I was going to say, please tell me you're talking about Killer no, Season. No, that too. was horrible. But his movie with uh, Omar, not Omar Epps, but uh, Makai Pfeiffer and... Um, he had a movie with Makai Pfeiffer? Yes, he was in, um, Devin, you've seen this, Money Making Mitch. Oh, Paid in Full. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. All right, yes. yeah, I'll give you credit He was great. He was, he he was, was phenomenal on that because he played a crazy guy. You okay. know, he played the, the backstabber, you know, the, yeah. that guy. But okay, yeah. I, I thought he was good one. in that. Now, the other movie. Killer Season? Yeah, that was Oh, horrible. my God. That is the greatest, worst, most terrible, most beautiful movie ever. No. <laughs> Anytime I try to talk, we talk about, like, terrible hood films, I always bring up Killer Season. And then, come to find out, they made a Killer Season 2. They did. I, I haven't seen Shotters it. Shotters is terrible. Yeah, I didn't like Shotters. Yeah, either. it was awful. Yeah. But, quick question. So, who is your favorite rapper turned actor or actress? Um... That's a good question. Right. <laughs> I want to say... I don't know. Just because I'm on the spot, I'm just going to say Ice Cube. Because I can't think of Cube? anybody. Yeah. My favorite rapper turned actor is Mr. Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Most Deaf. Oh, I forgot about him. Man, if you have never seen the movie Something the Lord Made... 
It was a HBO movie about yeah. uh, Dr. Vivian. I forgot his last name. But, wow. I, I, I think that might be the greatest performance by a rapper turned actor in a movie. I saw it. I, it was pretty good. But that goes back to what I was saying. Look at the conviction that he bestows in his music right. and how he's involved in every aspect of his music. Not saying that Beyonce and Mary J. Blige or Mariah Carey aren't. It's just that. Glitter. Exactly. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, um, Beyonce is a great entertainer, and I think she should stay in the music world and shouldn't cross over just because you pull in numbers because you're in it, not because of your acting abilities. Right. And I feel like with Janelle Monet, um, because of the type of visual person she is, I feel like her performance in Moonlight was just because she's a good person. She's a great person. When you look at her videos that never get played on MTV or BET, when you Yahoo her or Google her or YouTube Vivo. her, Vivo, all of her, when you look at the playwrights on there, her name is on there as producer. Her name is on there as writer. So I think that's a good indicator as to that person crossing over into the acting world and being good at it. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to... Uh hidden figures. I want to, I, I really want to pay attention to her performance. Cause, um, uh, Taraji P we already know she's a great actress. Um, what's my, what's my girl name? Um, I call her Olivia, even though that's not her name. Yeah. Oh, Olivia Spencer. That is her name. It yes. is. Yes. The, the bigger lady. Yeah. 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 She, I think she's won an, an award, an Academy Oscar one of them or uh, nomin- she was nominated. For the Butler, I think. She was a nominee. I think the movie as a whole won something, but I don't think she won something. But was she nominated specifically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a great actress. If you have never seen Fruit Val Station, she was great in that. She she's she's been in a lot of great stuff. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how Janelle Monet you know portrays her character in this movie because I I really think she has the potential to be that next breakout. She could be like the Queen Latifah actor you know yes. singer she would be my favorite crossover i don't know why i didn't think of her yes. okay we'll but go. your number two uh, my number two uh movie of 2016 captain america aka avengers 2.5 i haven't seen it yet you haven't seen civil war no oh i did i just watched it on netflix yeah oh okay yeah it's i great. saw that it's like all my favorite characters. It oh. is. It's pretty good. And I. this is the very first time in my entire life where I thought Spider-Man was great. <laughs> you didn't like Tobey Maguire? No, I thought he was boring. You didn't like Andrew Garfield? I thought he was more boring than Tobey Maguire. I thought Andrew Garfield was better, but I'm just tired of resetting Spider-Man. Man. So they're coming out with one this year. I just hope we don't watch Uncle Ben die again. I'm tired. I'm tired of watching Bruce Wayne's parents die, and I'm tired of watching Uncle Ben die in movies. Exactly. Okay, so we we already know what happened. Yeah. All right. So my number one movie of 2016, and this really shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. The greatest. This might be now the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It's the greatest Valentine's Day movie of all time. Even though you don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I fucking hate Valentine's Day. Deadpool. Of course. Deadpool. This shit was great. The mm-hmm. highest grossing rated R film of all time. Come on. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, like, a lot of people didn't expect it to do well because it was rated R. Honestly, I didn't expect it to do as well as it did, but... Why not? Because it's a rated R superhero film. Yeah, yeah. but when you look at 
who wrote it, who produced it, and who's in it, I expected it to do well. Uh, okay. Ryan Reynolds movies don't disappoint at all. Did you ever see Green Lantern? <laughs> yes. That's just uh, unfortunate, but... And see, that's, that's, that's part of the reason. It was a superhero film with Ryan Reynolds, and that movie... Everybody dogged the shit out of him for that movie. So you had the fact that he played the Green Lantern and it was right. terrible. Uh, if you if you pay attention, most like Marvel films they're rated PG thirteen mm-hmm. because you can get little kids in it. But this was rated R and it's a comic book film, so you are you're eliminating basically a majority of your fan base by making it a rated R movie. So you don't get got little you don't have little kids coming to see the film. Uh, a lot of people didn't even know who the fuck Deadpool was. Yeah, but I heard that he had more. Um... <clears throat> he was able to be more creative with this, and a lot of the stuff that we saw in the movies were actual outtakes. Yeah. So stuff that wasn't actually scripted. When I, when I saw they got T.J. Miller to be in this film, I'm like, this shit's gonna work. Yeah. Now, and that's the thing. I'm I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I didn't think it was gonna be a good film. I thought it was gonna be a I thought it was gonna be a great film, but it actually exceeded my expectations. But I just didn't think it was gonna sell like it did. Right. Because you had all these other comic book films come out. You had what. Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Captain America, Doctor Strange. I feel like I'm forgetting one. Well, I can't think of it. But, yeah, you had all these other comic book films coming out this year. X-Men, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, X-Men. You had all these comic book films coming out this year. Yeah, but those are, that's what we see all the time. Right. So, Deadpool was something different. And it was a more adult-based, which is why I enjoyed it. Because I hate, that's why I don't go to the movies now. I hate other people's kids. <laughs> so, I just thought if you, I just thought like of the six or seven comic book films that came out this year, I thought this was gonna be the lowest grossing one because of all the things that were going against it, and it proved me wrong. That's fair. It's that's great. fair. So. I just thought you know Ryan Reynolds. That's why I watched it. Apart from somebody I know that is a Deadpool fanatic, that kind of forced me to watch it, so I rented it from Redbox. Who? I forced you to watch it. You asked me for like two weeks straight. Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? I did. Yes. I don't remember that. Of course not. I think you're making that up. Because you got a, a memory issue. I you suffer from CRS. Exactly. Can't remember shit. When he doesn't want to remember shit. Anyway, that's our top five movies of 2016. But, um... Anything else you want to let the people know? Tell them real quick about 2016 or movies just in general? Movies? Well, I didn't watch that many movies last year, people. And I'm I'm probably not going to watch that many this year. (laughs) So (laughs) if Devin asks me again what my top five favorite for this year is, I might just repeat what my top five favorite (laughs) was last year. Uh, don't don't worry. I'm gonna go see Logan. I'm gonna go see um, no Black Panthers next year. This year is Spider Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm gonna go see Wonder Woman. I'm kind of not looking forward to see that. I'm a, I'm gonna go see it anyway, but I, I kind of agree with you. I'm not I'm not a big DC person. I don't I don't have a preference when it comes to Marvel or DC. Marvel. I don't have a preference, but um, the Wonder Woman movie, I feel like um, will do good in numbers just because of the people that will go see it because they will, you know, make it a 
you know, well, support comic book films in general and then well, keep yeah. the story going too. And then because it's a woman, you know, but I'm just not, it's lackluster to me. I feel like the type of um, PR that they're doing for that movie versus what they've done for other movies is just whack. And I feel like Wonder Woman should have been either a mixed race person or a black woman. You know who um, a lot of people have been saying should have played Wonder Woman and I kind of agree with it, even though I'm not a big fan of her? Paula Patton. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a big Paula Patton fan, but I felt like she would have been perfect for that role. I, I agree. But And then when they when they announced who it was, I'm like, I had to think about it. I'm like, oh, that's old girl from uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess, but when I look at Wonder Woman and look at her, I just didn't see it. Mm-mm. So, mm-hmm. And I, I give her credit. Like in, in the Batman versus Superman movie, she did a good job. Yeah, but, but it just like looking at it, it's like eh, I don't see it. It's not as exciting. I feel like if Paula Patton had gotten it, you would have had a lot of. You would have had. I feel like she's a better actor than that lady. I don't even know that lady's name. Uh, Gail. Yeah, whatever God her don't, name is. Got that girl. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah, but Paula Patton's physique is. <laughs> I mean, you know what? And then that's that's been like. <laughs> so my boy uh, Mario is like in love with her. I'm like, man, she all right, man. But she a little, she a little strong in the jaw that's area. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, she a little, little strong looking. I'm like, she's still cute. She all right. Whatever. She wouldn't be in my top fifteen. Oh, but Ronda Rousey is. And she looks exactly. Look, that, look that's a little different. <laughs> How is that different? <laughs> it just is. No, it's not. It's the It's the exact same. Let's just say Ryan Rossi has taken a few, uh, <laughs> a few dips in my list. Terrible. Now it's about Misha Tate. But any who's um, yeah, that's movies for 2016. Let's uh. Go ahead and jump into this here conversation with my boy Kel Dansby from the Corner Podcast. Make sure you check out all his social media. Make sure you check out his show. And while you're doing that, check out my social medias. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Devin the Six Three. That's D E V I N T H E Six Three. Make sure you check out the Facebook page. Just go to the search bar and type in All Steak No Sizzle Podcast. It'll pop right up. And if you want to email the show, you can do so at asnspodcast at gmail.com. That's asnspodcast at gmail.com. So let's jump into this conversation with my boy Kel Dasby from the Corner Podcast, breaking down the top five albums and top five upsets of 2016. To make sure you pay attention, I know you're going to enjoy this. So with all that being said, let's jump to the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I got a very special guest. Um, on my first episode, I gave out some shout-outs. And one of those gentlemen that I shouted out is one of the co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, The Corner, on the Loudspeaker Network. This gentleman allowed me to be on his show around this time last year. And 
Honestly, it's an honor to have him on All Stake No Sizzle. He is one of the guys that inspired me to do this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Kel Dansby to the show. What up, Kel? What up? Thanks for having me again. Congrats on all the success, on keeping the show going. It is great. I always enjoy being on here, so it's nice to finish off the year with my voice on the show and uh, ushering in another year of success for you. I appreciate you, man. Uh, before we jump into uh, the topic at hand, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself and uh, where they can check you out. Sure. Um, you can check out all my writing on Black Sports Online. I predominantly do MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. But I cover a little bit of everything. This year, I'm covering the bowl games, as usual, cover NBA finals. You know, I'm a man of many talents. Uh, you can find me on the podcast, The Corner, on the LSN network, on SoundCloud, iTunes, everything else. You might recognize LSN or podcasts like Tagstone or Angela Yee or Combat Jack. Tons of good quality on that network. Glad to be part of that. And then you can find me on Twitter at Kel Dansby, K-E-L-D-A-N-S-V-Y. Pretty much everything about me. Outside of that, you know, I'm just your normal hip-hop head from New York who also likes covering sports. What can I say? That's what's up, man. All right, real quick, quick story, man. My niece, um, I told her I was on the show, and she was like, oh, that's Loudspeaker Network. That's uh, that's where the read is. Devin, you a part of Loudspeaker Network. I'm like, no, I'm not. I am not getting that check. That is Kale, <laughs> That is Kale's bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, people love the read. I need to get on their level. They spell out, like, auditorials for the live show. We're working. Man, man we're on the same network, but there's levels to this. Right. So, hey. you know. Shout out to Chriselle. Everybody has to read. We, we're trying to climb up the ladder. Hey, don't worry, man. The Corner Club will get you there, man. <laughs> hey, we're working on it. WrestleMania this year. Live show. Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's let's go ahead and jump into the reason why I brought you on the show, man. I, I, need, I got different people coming in from different podcasts, different shows, different walks of life, giving their top five uh, of the year in different categories. And... Since you're a person that inspired me, man, I had to have you on the show, and I have you doing two categories. And let's jump into our first category, man. Let's t- jump into the top five upsets of 2016. Let's go uh, number by number. So I'm going to start off with you. What was your number five upset of the year? My number five upset comes from the UFC. I have Michael's account this being upsetting. Luke Rockhold, um, for people who don't know and aren't familiar with the UFC, Rockhold is one of the most talented middleweight fighters you'll find in the world. He finally captured the title over the undefeated Chris Weidman and then lost his mind, started dating a model, <laughs> and slipped up, lost his focus, and Michael Bisping, which no one thought would ever be a champion, he's like 30-something years old, he's been middling in the division, he's been good, but not like top-notch, knocked out Rockhold and... Man, I still can't believe it. I, I can't believe I am this big champion in 2016. So that's my number five upset. That's a good one, man. I definitely didn't see that one coming myself, man. All right, my number five is, it just actually just happened very recently, uh, the Army versus Navy. Army beating Navy for the first time in 14 years. No, that is good. Yeah. Man, that, that's a good number five. Yeah, a lot of people don't really pay attention to that rivalry, but that's a rivalry that's been going on for years. And Navy tends to like dominate that in certain 
points in the rivalry. They, they tend to go on these long streaks, and like I said, they won the past 14, and they finally lost to to Army. Oh, yeah, that, that's real. Um, my number four, since we're going down the list, I have Nate Diaz, once again, from the UFC. Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor in their first fight. Um, Conor looked unstoppable. He has since looked unstoppable again. He avenged the loss, but no one saw Conor losing. And he gets tapped out after he gasses in the second round. But makes Nate Diaz a star. Um, really boosts his earning potential. They'll probably run it back for a third fight. That's my fourth upset of the year. And that's a good one. I was actually there for that fight, man. It was, uh... But here's the thing. I actually uh, bet it on Nate Diaz. Not necessarily because I thought he was going to win. I just thought he had a chance to win, and I thought the odds were so good that why not put some money on it? It just happened to work out for Smart me. Smart man. <laughs> Smart man. Now, my number four uh, pick is kind of a personal one. Is a Middle Tennessee State beating Michigan State in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Now I forgot that was this year. I feel like it's last year, but it's this calendar year. You're right. Yeah, I tried to forget that too. I just tried to forget it all together. But uh, I actually, when I placed those bets on uh, Conor McGregor on uh, the Diaz McGregor fight, I actually put money on Michigan State to win the whole thing. They were a number two seed. And a lot of people thought they were going to win the whole tournament, and they get popped in the first round by a school that a lot of people never even heard of. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's my off. that's I'm my not lie. yeah uh, hard times man hard times. So that was my number four. That's good for Sparty. <laughs> not at all, not at all. <laughs> all right, what's your number three? My number three. All right, so I root for the underdogs a lot. I didn't see this coming at all. My number three upset of the year is Black China getting pregnant by Rob K. Wow. I hope that is an upset of Max. Just enormous, enormous ramification. She broke into the Kardashian clan. <laughs> she about to change her name. She got those. She got TV deals. She is the underdog of underdogs. Like, that is an upset on life. <laughs> she went from Tiger to Ron Kardashian and is taking dough right now. Man. So Black China gets the number three spot on my list. Man, I'm a I'm gonna make sure my niece hears that because she <laughs> I think she gave, like, Black China like, hustler of the year because, like, I didn't even really know who she was. I really don't keep up with the Kardashians like that. But she's like, yeah, Black China got her money by any means necessary. I'm like, is that something we should really be, like, praising right now, though? <laughs> but, hey. Yo, listen. Hey, sometimes, sometimes underdogs come from the least suspecting place. Hey, you got to get it how you live, man. <laughs> My number three pick comes from the world of WWE. I chose my man Goldberg defeating Brock Lesnar in 86 seconds at the Survivor Series. Did, oh, that's tough. I forgot about that. Did not see that coming, man. And like, when, yeah, you, when you go back and think about it, it kind of makes sense. But, man, I, me and my friends were at the bar, man. Everybody in that bar had the shock face, man. So I, I'll pick that as my number three. Yeah, I lost it. That is, that is true. That is a huge upset. I don't know how that did make my list. And yeah, I, I put that in one of my matches of the year. Just because Scott found the, everything that went into it. Um, I argue against Andreas Hale on our podcast all the time. And it is one of the matches of the year. I, I think so. Out of, uh, 
you did all 86 seconds of glory. Um, my number two is the Cleveland Cavaliers coming back from 3-1 to Mollywalk. Uh, Mollywalk, the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, the, the 3-1 memes are still going on Twitter. I'm sorry, man. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland gets their first championship forever. LeBron brings it home. Wow, you can't even explain. Down 3-1 with the comeback. It, it gets no better than that. They had to go out and get the rent to try to stop it from happening again. That That's one of the best comebacks in all of sports history, let alone this year. So that's my second best upset pick of the year. Uh. Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> my my number two pick was, I believe it was your number four pick, Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz one. Like you said, man, Conor McGregor before and after that fight is the man. And honestly, I felt like this fight made him an even bigger star, but a lot of people didn't didn't see him losing at all. They thought he was gonna, you know, run through anybody he came up against and. And this fight came on short notice as well. So I I felt like Diaz, I thought Diaz had a chance, but I didn't think he was going to win. And once again, I won money on this fight, so I make this my number two. Not a bad pick at all. Not a bad pick at all. So we're down to number one. Yes, sir. All right. Man, I thought long and hard about this. It just feels right. My number one upset of the year. Y'all don't kill me for this. It's Trump being Hillary. <laughs> it, it's, the, it's the number one. Yo, listen, he was down. It was like 30% to 70 when I checked the clock at 12, 12 p.m. When it was noon, Hillary had a 70 to 30 lead. At the end of the night, we all crying. It's the greatest upset, maybe in political history, damn sure this year, though. Man. So let, let, me, let me peel the curtain back a little bit. That was my number one as well, but <laughs> I started looking at my, my list on all the categories, and Donald Trump kept popping up in all of them, so I'm like, you know what? I cannot have Donald Trump on all of my lists, so I had to take him off of one, so I took him off of the upset list, but... Oh, I'm telling you, though, but you, you, he's a polarizing guy. That's, that's why he was. Like him, hate him, whatever you may think, he's polarizing. Right, and it shows you where our culture is now. But you're you're right. To me, that is the number one upset of the year. But I'm I'm going to officially lock in Michael Bisping and Luke Rockhold as my number one. Okay, okay, you slipped it up. Don't get no love. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I said, man, I had Donald Trump in like all these other categories, man. I'm like, nah, I gotta take him off of one of these, man. I, I can't have that much Trump in my life. <laughs> I got. I got to deal with him for the next. With secret meetings and everything. <laughs> don't, yo, we're watching. I'm telling you, don't be flying to New York for secret meeting. Man, uh, real quick, man, real quick. Uh, what's up with your boy Kanye? In, in the year, t- I felt like if, if I had a category for loser of the year, man, he he might be in my top five, man. Yo, Kanye Kardashian. Uh, um. The realest thing I ever wrote is fame is the strongest drug. It really is. Um, there's no, nothing more addictive than fame. And when you lose it, you lose your mind. When, when you have all of it, you always want more. 
is stronger than heroin. It's so crazy. He's reached the point of what else can he do? Right. For so long, his goal was to take over music. He became a top five musician. I mean, no one could doubt that. His performances, his stage shows, everything was so crazy. In hip-hop, he was only behind his beats. In the grand scope of the music, maybe he was behind Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna. Right. As far as black artists, and then you even widen that, he's a top ten artist of any color, any color in the world. So it's like, wow, okay, he's taken over hip-hop and music as a whole. So what was next? Then he wanted fashion. And that was doing like groundbreaking fashion shows. Right. And selling his sneakers for $200 and selling out everywhere. He jumped over the jump man, which is real. Right. He's done all of this. So what's his next goal? When you run out of stuff, it is a sad, sad realization. And what else is there to live for? What is life without goals? He wants the most beautiful woman in the world. And uh, I was listening to my um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy earlier, and there's like one song. He's like, I'm a married porn star, blah blah blah. And, like he's thing, and he did. He went out and got the most famous porn star of all time. Yeah. Kim K's porn tape is on the best numbers of all time. He got arguably this generation's Helen of Troy, like a woman who is so captivating that she can do whatever she wants. So captivating that her family is rich, globally rich because of her. So he has everything, but what is left to do? And I think it's driven him crazy. So with no fault of his own, like, man, I, I don't know. You need power for a reason, right? It's real. Right. I think you're right, man. You only have so much power. What man can only do so much, and it drives you crazy. And we're now privy to the craziness. And it's, it's easy to watch, I'm sure. You know, um, it, it's hard to watch with everyone, especially someone you watch come from the bottom, you feel like you're going to people, blah, blah, blah. And it's over the course of time. But to me, it's, I ask you, something chasing my dreams and my goals and everything, I never want to think about what happens when I stop. Right. Like, there is no limit for me. If he's hit his limit, that's a sad day because the only thing you can do after that is fall. And we're watching the fall. Man. Cause like man, I, I remember being in my like, first year of college, man. I watching him, you know, in Detroit at the uh, the college dropout tour, man. I'm like, dude, this guy's gonna be the he's gonna be the man, and he did it. But like, if becoming a man got him to this point, ah, man. And you know what? I think part of it too. I, I think you're right. But I think part of it too is. I think the one person in this world that could actually rein Kanye in isn't here anymore, and that's his mom. Because Kanye, Kanye has a little, he's one of those people that, you know, he's so genius that he can, he goes off in like these tangents. And like, I felt like his mom might have been like that one person that could like rein him in and bring him back in, but she's not here anymore. So. Yeah, and then that's, that's really what we're seeing. I understand he misses his mom, but he'll probably need a counseling for all of that, so on and so forth. But we're really seeing the ramifications of everyone else's yes men and his mother wasn't. Right. His mother told him the truth. Right. And wasn't scared to do so, and he valued her opinion. I don't know if there's anyone else around him with that pull and leeway. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it, it's it, a lovely space he's in, man. 
I was say it damn sure ain't Kim K, man, cause uh. <laughs> Listen, even even Michael Jackson had fall from grace. He's the greatest well, music, musician of all time. Exactly. So it it, it happens to the best of them. It's only a matter of time. Man. Well, since we're talking about music, let's go ahead and transition into our, our next category. We're going to break down the top five albums of 2016, man. So I'm going to start. Well, I'll let you start, man. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bring in the anchor leg. So what's your number five album of the year? All right. Spoiler alert, Kanye is not on my top five. Me, um, me either. <laughs> it almost cracked my top five, though. I, I, I like the album. I like it a lot. Um, I think he took a lot of it from Chance. Um, and, you know, he's kind of a swagger jacker, culture vulture, he's always been. Right, So, um, the chance influence was crazy. I really wish, you know, just Ultra Light Beam was on Chance's album like it should have been. Uh, I think Waves was supposed to be on Chance's album. Stuff like that would have been incredible. But Kanye, you know, money, money talks. And he bought those tracks. So, child Right. He didn't make my top five. I have a tie at number five. Okay. Um, Tribe Called Quest, we got it from here. And Schoolboy Q, Blank Face LP are my tie for number five. Ooh, good choices, good choices. Uh, why Blank Face? Um, Blank Face is dope. I really like Schoolboy Q in general. Um, I still think his last album, but I think Oshimara might be a little better. Me too, I, I agree. Blank Face is more well-rounded. Um... It's so weird. I like the grittiness of Schoolboy Q, just like I like the grittiness of ASAP Rocky. But as they progress as artists and they often work with each other, their music evolves. Right. So this one's just way more well-rounded. And Kari got about a lot of musicians' albums this year. It's like, you know what? It's not my favorite album from them, but it's a really good album. Uh, On my podcast where we reviewed Joe Budden, Rave and the Machine, I think think Joe Budden's last album was better. But Rage in the Machine is more well-rounded, so people liked it more. I just really like sad and snappy Joe Budden. The other thing I really like, you know, hardcore Streets of Compton, Schoolboy Q. Right. This is a more evolved, grown-up Schoolboy Q. He's a little bit further removed, so it gave him more well-rounded sound, and that's why it is. And then the Tribe album, it takes you back, man. Whenever you can get Busta Rhymes to be big in, you got my vote. <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. I haven't liked Busta like that. Man, Buster Rhymes is, is one of my favorite artists of all time, man. If people out there, if you've never seen a Buster Rhymes concert, man, go. Don't wear your good clothes. Wear like a t-shirt and some jeans, or a t-shirt you don't mind getting all sweaty and, and dingy, because you're gonna be moving. It's no a- heels. <laughs> exactly. Ladies, no heels to a Buster Rhymes concert. Exactly. All right, my number five. I also have a tie, and I, I'll be honest, it's a, it's a Detroit bias thing. I got Elza. Lead Poison, and I also got actually a good friend of the the Corner Podcast, Royce the Five Nine Layers. Oh, Royce Layers was incredible. Yes, yes, yes. I I had a hard time like trying to pick between these two albums, so I said, why not throw them in together? Elza, I think, is one of the most underrated lyricists and just rhymers in the business. I, he was a, used to be a member of Slum Village. I don't think he ever got the acknowledgement that he deserves. And he put out a great project this year. If you haven't heard Lead Poison, people, go check that out. And Royce, honestly, I had a hard time choosing between this and the mixtape that he put out. Uh, I think it was called uh, 
Thank the Shooter or something like that. I can't remember the name of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, Royce is one of my top five favorite rappers of all time. I have a Royce the Five Nine lyrics tattooed on my arm. Man, I did not know that. And when he was when he was our guest on the Corner Podcast, I did not want to bring it up because you know, that's kind of like whack and like fanboyish. So when he was our guest, like we just talked about boxing and hip hop and everything. So um, shout out to Royce. But I, I do have his lyrics tattooed on my arm. He's literally top five in my opinion, as far as my faves are considered. Man, it's it's funny, man. I, I'm not gonna throw his real name out there, but my sister used to work with him back in the day at TJ Maxx, and I was um, this was back when he put out that song. Uh, I want to say it was Boom, and I'm listening to it, and, and my he was watching like a little video for it, and my sister was like, "Oh my God, that's uh, well, I ain't gonna say his real name, but that's him. I used to work with Art him." Art Montgomery. What's that? Art Montgomery. Okay, well, you said it. <laughs> yeah, yep. she, she called him by his government name. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but, yeah, like uh, it's... Royce, Royce is stupid, though. Great pick. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, what's your number four album of the year? Number four, um, and believe it or not, super late to this, I just started rocking with this maybe like two weeks ago because I heard it on someone... No, someone mentioned it on Twitter, and I've just been, like, slacking on R&B in general. Um... Anderson Park actually had a good album I heard too and but number four I have Rihanna Anton because I actually listened to it and I'm not the biggest Rihanna fan in the world but this was pretty dope I agree with you man so, uh, I, I heard I, yeah, yeah, I consider to put it in mind wait I'm sorry what was that she got the number four slot for me Rihanna yeah I I I'm not the biggest Rihanna fan myself, but I I really enjoyed that album. It didn't make my top five, but I I really did enjoy that album. But number four for me is is also a R&B album. Uh, two gentlemen, two well, one of them is hands down my favorite rapper of all time, and it's Fonte and Mr. Eric Robeson. But it's an R&B album. It's called Tigalero. I don't know if you had a chance to check that one out, Kel. I have not. I gotta listen to that. Yeah, I'm a I'm Fonte hands down is my is probably my favorite artist of all time because I felt I feel like if I was a rapper, <laughs> I would be Fonte. I, I relate to him better. Oh, dope. If I was a rapper, I'd be Lupe Fiasco. See, there you go. Good choice. Good choice. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Andre is a huge fan of his though. Oh yeah. Um, Andre is I think on DT did a huge feature on him when he used to work for DT. Um, Hip Hop DX. Andre was like. Knee deep in the whole You know what? Yeah, I actually, uh, I've actually read a lot of stuff that he's done before and didn't realize that was him that did it. <laughs> I, I heard Fonte on another podcast talking about like this underground, like obscure project he did, and come to find out, Andreas did a, a article about it, man. So I've been, I didn't know I was reading Andreas stuff for like years, man. But if you get a yeah, chance, man. man, check check out Tigalero, man. It's a really it's one of those it's one of them grown man albums. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, definitely. I'm gonna have to throw that on the car. My girlfriend's chilling. She's like, "Oh, you're so sophisticated now." <laughs> All right, let's let's get, jump into number three. What's your number three album of the year? Number number three. Um, another album I just started listening to. Shout out to my best friend Ray P from NiceKicks.com. Um, put me up on it. He just went and covered the concert live and did a huge feature on this guy for Nice Kicks. Um, Travis Scott, Birds in the Trap. 
the first time I was like, yo, every song sounds the same. Like, I can't stand it. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, I really can't. And I'm not a Travis Scott fan. My girl loves Travis Scott. I'm like, no, it's okay, whatever. And then my boy Ray, two weeks ago, sent me, like, the live video and footage. And mm-hmm. how the crop, the crowd was locked into it in the live performance. I was like, yo, you should just not put out albums and put out just live video. Like, just film the concert. And sell that to me on iTunes. I would buy that. Wow. So I felt the music, um, you just have like a different, different skill when you see something live and then you hear it again. Right. Um, so I like the energy. It's a lot of similar tracks, but I thought it was dope. Um, this year, once again, I probably could have went with the P-Rod joint. Three was my toss-up. Um, P-Rod, you know, great albums or stuff. But, uh, I had to put one, like, really obscure, like, I want to say Poppy right. album on here, and Travis Scott was my Poppy album. Okay, alright, I'm gonna have to check that one out, man. Trendy. Yeah, trendy for the youngsters. Yeah, my, my niece will appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number three album is, this is like super underground. And actually, I think you'll appreciate this being a New Yorker yourself, man. It's uh, Sky Zoo and Apollo Brown, The Easy Truth. Man. Yo, you're coming out of left field in <laughs> Dude, since, I, since this album came out, man, my dude, if you go through my title list, and yes, I am a title subscriber, that is number one. Oh, I is music on, uh, over here, but it's good. Okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but man, I, I play this album pretty much more than anything right now since it's come out, man. I think Apollo Brown, I think, is one of the most under, underrated producers in the game right now. My top two producers of all time is Ninth Wonder and DJ Premier. And I feel like Apollo Brown is like a great combination of, the, of those two. And Sky Zoo was another very underrated rapper, man. And you get the two of them together on a great album. Skyzoo has been dropping great albums for like the past three years and nobody's been paying attention to, man. So I, I got to give him number three on my list. A shout out to that. We've seen a lot more uh, hip-hop artists, hip-hop producers, straight black albums, whether it's Royce and Primo, yep. um, you know, Joe Budden and A-Rap Music. Of course, of course, Run the Jewels. Yep, um, yep. You know, we, we've seen great combinations of like, yo, you know what? I'm just getting my producer and we're rocking all the way through. It's real 80s, 90s hip-hop. That's Boogie Down Production. Yep. That's Eric B. Rakim. Yes, sir. That's EPMD. That's like, you know, we're finally getting back to that. Like, yo, I got my dude, you got your dude, let's rock. Let's put out real good music. And, like, to me, man, honestly, I feel like that's the best way to, to put out an album, man, because, like, that way you got two guys or, you know, you got a group of people with the same producer, lock them in a dungeon, and come out with that fire, man. You got a cohesive project, I think that's the best way to do it, personally. Word. I'm glad it's making a comeback. So, you know, that's a great addition to your list. So, we're on number two, right? Yes, sir. Number two. This is tough. Um, two, two, two. I was still wavering on two. Oh. Ah, man. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Because I, I, I'm not sure if I want to put it here yet. Um, I've probably given it two listens all the way through. Um, you know what? I will. Uh, J. Cole, for your eyes only. 
Okay. Against number two. Um, and that's off the two listen. And I'm not trying to be, you know, like a straight fuego take <laughs> guy over here, you know, microwave journalism type thing. Um, yeah, that, that's, a big, that's a big topic on our show. Yeah, but I mean, everything. And I have to say that, you know, even though tracks like False Prophets and all this stuff weren't on the album. Right. They that into the mix. You know what? I I almost put it on my list, and the only reason I didn't was because those two songs weren't on it. If those two songs were on there, it probably would have made my list. But, yeah, I included them. Yeah, I cheated though. I cheated the list. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. But my number two album is Tribe Called Quest. Thank you for your service. I yeah. like when when Tribe's first albums came out, man. I was really too young to appreciate it. I, I end up appreciating Tribe Called Quest later on in life. And to get that last album after, was it like 16 years, I think it was? Or it might have been, yeah, been like a minute. Right. But to finally get a Tribe album that I'm old enough to really appreciate and for it to be a damn good album, man. I I love it, man. So I had to put it's that. Been 12 years. I was 12 years old when the last Tribe album came out. Wow. And. I'll tell you, I remember being seven years old when I, the first time I met Tribe was when I was seven. And my uncle was part of the promotional team at Uptown Records. And it's before he went to head of promotions at Bad Boy. And I remember he used to do, my uncle went to like, a weird high school where it was like a design high school and he went there for making clothes. Uh-huh. So he made all the clothes for Heavy D and the boys in the video, like the yellow suits and all that. Yeah. My uncle made that by hand in our crib. Wow. So he made that and he made the clothes for leaders of the new school. So that's how I knew Buster Rhymes and all of them. So I met Tribe when Buster and them were recording. And Tribe was in the Uptown Records studio. I remember Andre Harrell was there. My Uncle Chuck was there. I remember all of these people. I remember Q-Tip and Fife. I was the little kid running around. I remember these, like, so vividly in my head. And that is a seven-year-old not even knowing what was going on around me. So it's crazy that, like, in the midst of the time they were creating greatness, I was just there, like, just zoning out, just trying to run around and be stupid and awesome. Wow. So it, it's great to see it come full circle now that I'm an adult and I get another tribe out. It's like, yo, cool. That's what's up. O- only thing that would have made it better, man, is if Fife was still here and could, you know, be on uh, Saturday Night Live and do they go and do a, a tour to have Fife here, man. That That's the only thing that would have made this that much better. Yo, we need a Fife hologram at Coachella, though. I, I like that. That's a good idea, man. Damn. Break the budget. <laughs> right. 
All right, man. The moment of truth, man. What's your number one album of 2016? I'm expecting us to have the same number one album of 2016. Chance Rapper. Chance 3, a.k.a. Coloring Book, is the number one album of the year. Chance deserves all the credit. He rewrote the rules for the Grammys. His album was so good. Um... Gave three tracks to Kanye, ended up being the, almost the best three tracks on Kanye's album. If he would have kept Moses, album would have been astronomically good. Um, but this was the year of Chance the Rapper, I mean. And it's, I still like acid rap. I was bumming acid rap the other day. Uh, this is more refined, better budget, obviously. The production's a little bit grandiose. Um, but he took something in gospel music that is... One, it wasn't the theme to acid rap. Acid rap was like, yo, I do a lot of drugs. Like, here goes some synths, and I'm going like Euro tech and mixing it in. He went completely opposite and showed a different side of his personality where it was like, yo, but I grew up in this culture, and this is how I made it out of Chicago, and I'm influenced by, you know, the church and all this stuff, and now I'm flipping it to show this side of upbringing. It was crazy and to see how Andres put it best in an article for two dope points. It's a gospel album. Right. It really is gospel rap. And it's the best album of the year. <clears throat> um Yeah. I didn't like the album, man. Oh, <laughs> oh you didn't like the album? Wait, let me uh, wait. Oh, that's the Detroit hate. Detroit <laughs> Chicago. I see it. I saw it from Mel away. Wait. Oh, Detroit that, got no love for Chicago. That's that's not true. I'm a big common fan. But let me let me let me take it a step further, man. I can't really Listen, get it. man. Nah, nah, nah. There's bears. I understand. There's bears, lions. There's Blackhawks. <laughs> Blackhawks, Red Wings. I, I understand, man. I understand. There's no other day. Gotta let it go. Let that hurt go. Dude. Oh. I, I can't get in the chance to rapper, man. I, I can't get in the chance to rapper. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I have tried. I, I understand a guy has talent, but it's some, I, for some reason, I can't get into him, man. I don't know. You can't get into it, huh? Yeah, man. Oh, I, man. I've tried, man. And, like, he, I think he, he had a mixtape that came out last year or the year before that I thought was a good mixtape. And I know it's a good mixtape, but I could not get into it, man. I don't know if it's his voice. Well, that was acid rap. Yeah, I mean, all his albums are free, so they consider mixtape. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Acid Rap was two years ago. It was the mixtape of the year, but it was a free album. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm um, not, I'm not saying it's not good. It's just I can't get into the dude, man. And I, I, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. I'm saying, creating controversy on the podcast, but I'll give that to you. <laughs> controversy sells, man. All right. <laughs> my number one album of the year. And if you hear a loud thud, I just want you to know that's my niece's draw, jaw hitting the ground, man. Yo, yo, if you say Beyonce, I'm passing out. If you say Beyonce, I'm in the floor. Nah, nah, but it's in the same family, man. Solange Knowles, A Seat at the Table, is my number one album of the year. Oh, you and Solange. You can over Beyonce. Yeah. Seat at the Table. <laughs> well, I haven't even sat down to listen to the Solange album, so people are going to throw stuff at me when they see me in the streets. What? Even without listening to it, it's a large better chance, huh? I got You know what? I'm, I'm going to listen to it. For you, I, I trust your taste in music. I'm going to listen to the Flawed album. And, and here's the thing, man. Like, I did not know what to expect from this album. I heard everybody giving all these 
you know, great accolades to it. And most of the time when I hear that, I just think, oh, y'all just going with the trend. No, nah, when you listen to it, man, it, it'll definitely catch you off guard. The production on it is, is great. She had uh, people like Raphael Sadiq and Q-Tip on the productions. To me, the only song on there that I kind of didn't like was the one with Lil Wayne. But other, but it's still a great song. I just felt like Lil Wayne just didn't really add anything to it. But from top to bottom, great album. And like it, it was times in this album where I felt like she she's kind of like a combination of like her sister, uh, India Irie, and like Minnie Ripperton all into one. And like one is trio. <laughs> yeah, like Minnie Ripperton is Yo, one of my favorite. Your list is real grown and sexy right now. <laughs> I'm growing up, man. It's, you know, it's not all little John <laughs> Eastside boys anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Like, like your list, if it was to dress up, would be wearing a cardigan. <laughs> That's how, like, grown and sexy it is. Like, your list wears scarves for fun. That's how grown and sexy your list is right now. I'm not mad at it, though. You know what, man? I'm looking at it now. I'm like, you're right, man. This is like, <laughs> it's like all kind of political, right? It's like all kind of political issues and dudes sitting around with smoking jackets and cognacs and stuff like that, man. Yeah, yeah. You had to, you had to even out all the Trump, all the Trump, <laughs> all your other categories. You, you even out with the grown and sexy musical. <laughs> I like how you put that, man. Man, well. I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. I, I didn't, I didn't pre-warn you about this, but I got two, two more questions for you. All right, all right. Who is your man and your woman of the year? Man and woman of the year. Yeah. Um, oh, good question. So, woman of the year for 2016. You go through. Um, you know what? You know who I have just like the utmost respect for? And maybe it's because I'm foreshadowing 2017. Uh, I give it to Michelle Obama. Okay. Michelle is a first lady. It's just like, yo, like, I feel like if I met her in real life, I'd be starstruck. And I haven't been starstruck of anyone. But until now, like, the way she carries herself and the way she speaks and stands up for what she believes in and talks about the issues and everything, it's like, wow. Like, I. I never got to see Barbara Bush. I never got to see, um, I, I believe, Roosevelt's wife. Like, there's been some very polarizing first ladies that yeah. I, I wasn't alive to see. Right. Um, whether people like them or not, just polarizing figures as first ladies. And Michelle is that. And knowing what we're going, what we may or may not have, there was, like, some stupid articles out, like, Ivanka Trump might move in as first lady because, Yeah, yeah. And then coming back, um, he was the man of the year. He was down three one. 
you down three one, you man of the year. That's that's twenty five percent, right? Like you're you're one game down. I believe the winning percentage was like eight percent when you're down three one to the Golden State Warriors in the final. At least Trump came back from eighty <laughs> percent. He was down like he was down like twenty to eighty, thirty to seventy. LeBron was down three to one. With the MVP and a crazy scoring team, that was like eight percent win percentage. LeBron's the man of the year. Yeah, don't worry. I'll edit that last part out, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll change your answer to like Barack Obama or something like that, man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, 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 I can't get that man that much credit, man. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. <laughs> no, he, he came back from 3 1. 3 1. I'm not Time Magazine. I ain't give it to Trump. 3 1 LeBron. All right. Well, that's, that's your answer. We'll, we'll accept that. <laughs> well, Kel, man, once again, man, I really appreciate you doing this, man. You you really don't I, – I don't, I don't want to make it all sappy, man, but, like, seriously, like, you letting me come on your show last year it was a big inspiration for me, man. I know you didn't have to do it, and I, I really do appreciate that, man. It lit a fire in, under me, man. I've been wanting to do a podcast for years and uh, coming on your show and, and also my niece, man. The two of you and, and, and Andreas as well lit a fire under me, man. I really do appreciate – um, everything you've done and jumping on, on my show, man. I really do appreciate it, man. Anytime. You're so welcome. Welcome back on the corner at any time. You know, we're going to link up for when these fight weekends and stuff. So we sit back down and chop it up. Um, it's great to come on the show. Once again, continue success. Thank you for allowing me on your show. It's, you know, it's an honor on my, uh, my end as well. So thank you. All right. And before you go, man, why don't you go ahead and uh, once again throw out uh, – your, your Twitters, your Instagrams, your, your, the name of your show, and anything else you got coming up, man. Cool. Um, once again, just check out all my writing on Black Sports Online. You can follow The Corner Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, wherever you find your music. Uh, also, on Twitter, at Kel Dansby. You can uh, tweet links. I'm pretty witty on social commentary all that stuff so give me a follow uh once again man just thanks for having me all right once again thanks for doing man i really do appreciate you brother well all right happy new year's to you man all right you too let me know when it's up i'll share it all right for sure all right later all right peace And that was my boy, Kel Dansby. Once again, thank you, Kel, for jumping on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. I know I said it a lot, man, but um, Kel was definitely a, a huge inspiration for me doing this podcast. And to have him on my show is truly an honor, and I, I appreciate him doing so. He didn't have to. He, you know, he's big time out here, out there on the loudspeakers network, getting that uh, <laughs> that loudspeaker bag. But uh, once again, I thank him for jumping on the show. And Felt like we had a really good conversation. Uh, I know he was surprised. I know my niece is probably surprised as well that I made Solange a table. I mean, I'm sorry, a seat at the table, my number one album in 2016. Make sure you all share what your top five albums of 2016 were and your top five upsets. Now, like like we, we talked about, your top five upsets don't have to be sports related. They could be life. You know, he made Donald Trump his number one upset, which I was going to do, but I've done too many episodes of this series where Donald Trump ended up on my list, so I had to take him off of there somewhere. I didn't want all that Trumping on my show. (laughs) 
Well, I still got my my beautiful girlfriend here. Baby, what was your number one upset of 2016? Devin McKenzie's podcast not exploding across the entire universe. I don't know if that's an upset. That's more of like a disappointment. It's an upset. You're going to tell me what my upset is and isn't. Once again, people, I'm fearing for my life right now. (laughs) But, yeah, we'll go with that as your number one upset of 2016. I don't have a number one upset of 2016. It was all kind of just a blur. There were some upsetting moments, some peak moments. Some good, some bad. Probably more more below satisfactory moments than ever. But as a whole, <clears throat> my 2016 wasn't great or bad. It was just there. Okay. Well, well, I'll ask you this question that I've asked everybody else on the show. Who is your man and who is your woman of 2016? Serena Williams is my woman of every year. Okay. And my man of 2016 was probably Chance the Rapper. Wow. Okay. Yeah, talk to me about Chance the Rapper because that was Kel's number one uh, album of the year. I just like what he promotes and it's being himself and comfortable in his own skin. That whole hashtag Black Boy Joy was my favorite hashtag of 2016 just because... Black boys and men should feel comfortable being themselves if they're goofy, silly, whatever the case may be. So if you want to put on a hot dog costume and run through the streets, <laughs> go for it. Okay. All right, that's good. I like those choices. Serena Williams, I feel like she can get that every single year too. And uh, Chance, I wasn't expecting that. I thought you – I was expecting Barack Obama from you for some reason. I was expecting Barack and Michelle Obama from you for some reason. Why? I don't know. I just was. But, oh, that's definitely definitely a good choice. Even though, as I said on the, on the, in my interview with Kel, for some reason, like, I understand Chance is a great rapper, and I, I, I like his album. It's just for some reason, I just can't get into him. I don't know if it's his voice or how he raps. It's just something about to do his rapping abilities that's something I can't follow. I don't know why. I'll figure it out one day. All right, with all that being said, you want to let the people know anything else? You want to throw out your, your Twitters, your social medias? No? Yes? No? You don't have to. Okay, no. All <laughs> right. Um, well, one, one more quick question. One more quick question. What was your album of 2016? Your number one. Um... I would say it's a tie between A Tribe Called Quest and Solange. Two. I listen to both of them equally. Okay. Two excellent choices. Yeah. Both are very high on my list. So, all right. With all that being said, people, thank you all for listening to the show. Once again, thank you, Kel, for being on the show. Appreciate you, brother. Make sure you listen to the next uh episode in our series of shows wrapping up 2016 the next one will be my man q from the critical dump podcast um (laughs) apparently my man q done started a lot of shit in the pie squad (laughs) he's uh sparked some debate and i'm planning on being on his show sometime soon and 
uh, I might get drugged into this whole <laughs> this whole controversy as well. But uh, make sure you listen to him on the next episode. We are going to be breaking down our top five sports moments of 2016. So this is going to be relatively controversy free. <laughs> so check him out. Make sure you check out my man Kale on all his social medias and listen to the Corner Podcast. And then later on. This week, I'm also going to drop my top five MMA moments of 2016. So, going to continue this series of shows. And then next week, people, I'm probably going to take next week off. I've put out a lot of content in the past two weeks. I need a break, okay? I think I deserve that. Give you three shows a week plus a steak bite. I think I deserve that. Oh, and I, I will put a steak bite episode out after the Detroit Lions game this Saturday. So, you got that to look forward to. Make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes with Takane from the Takane Talks podcast, my man Tino Morgan from the rapplatform.com, and my man John, the quarterback of the Pi Squad, John from the John FX podcast. So thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out the next episode. Check out the social medias, Devin the 6-3, D-E-V-I-N-T-H-E-6-3. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Check out the Facebook page. Just type in All State No Sizzle in your search bar. It'll pop right up. Or you can shoot me an email at asnspodcast at gmail.com. Give me your top five albums and your top five upsets of 2016. And let me know what you thought about the list me and Kel put out there. So interact with the show, people. Let me know what you think. All right? All right. Appreciate y'all. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.